Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Stocks are holding their collective breath as we're ahead of the first presidential debate of the season, one of the last chances to change the contours of the race. We're on stimulus watch as the global COVID death toll surpasses one million. Our roadmap begins with Dow S&P coming off their best day in more than two weeks. But September still looks to be the first down month since March. Plus stimulus optimism, Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin set to talk again this morning after House Democrats roll out a new scaled-down pandemic aid bill. And calling it a propagator of disinformation, why the Biden campaign is blasting Facebook ahead of tonight's presidential debate. Jim, uh, David, good to see you guys. Welcome back. Um, I'm taken aback, Jim, by your tweet a moment ago about stimulus and uh, Sort of a fatalistic view of at least what the restaurant sector is facing in this country. Well, I mean, look, uh, let me be candid. I mean, we ran out of PPP about three months ago. Some of us have just decided to uh, pay lots of employees to do nothing. Uh, and it's been, uh, it's done. It, it, they had a chance. I think they made a decision that you would have to keep these people on until we had a vaccine. Uh, so neither party agreed to anything, and it's too late. There's nobody to give PPP to, uh, for the most part, in restaurants. Uh, except, look, the winners were Darden uh, in the small business side. We know that they were viewed as non-essential. They never stopped, snapped back uh, unless they had something to do, say, with elective surgery. It's a small group of people. They blew it. You know, they can talk all they want. They blew it. Now, do they know they blew it? Who are they talking to? Do they talk to hotelers? I don't know. There's been some that have really argued vociferously, but they're billionaires. They're not going to get the break. Do they talk to the small restaurants? Obviously not. That's who I talk to because I'm more in sync with the small restaurants than anybody they are, as well as the the bars. Uh, It it failed. Uh, That's okay. They they blew it. They hated each other and they blew it. David, Mm. you know, there comes a time where you have to admit that only the strong survive. Uh, How many months can I pay my 15 people to do nothing? Right. Well, I ran, I ran out. I did it for three months. It was nice. Did my best. We'll bonus people. But we were all waiting for PPP. They're still talking. I know. They're still talking as if everybody's waiting. We gave up. Uh, right. I gave up I, on my inn. I gave up on my restaurants. And I'm sure there's great frustration as a result of that. Listen, there are plenty of restaurants, by the way. There are certainly in our world area that are open, uh, that are outside, that are trying uh, some of them were not able to take the full PP or take it at all because of the 75 percent provision in terms of guaranteeing you would bring back as many 75 percent of your employees. Given the fact that many of them are running far below capacity, uh, that was not something many uh, restaurants, Jim, were able to step up to do. But I understand your frustration as somebody who has owned a restaurant and a bar and an inn. Uh, I would counter by simply saying the stimulus is more than that, obviously. We also know that the key point 
of contention between the White House and Senate uh, and the Senate and the House has been aid to state and right. local governments, uh, which are in desperate, desperate need of that aid as well. Uh, so while your point may be well taken that restaurants, perhaps it's simply too late for, right. there are going to be beneficiaries here who are in desperate need of more money. Totally. Uh, but it seems like uh, Speaker Pelosi wants to give the states, which are just, I mean, how many states are bankrupt? You can't even, I mean, how many states can you actually give money to that? If they don't get it, they will go bankrupt. They need it. But that's a lot of the states. Where are they? I mean, there's states that are not going to vote for the president. So uh, the president doesn't want to help those states. Right. When it comes to small, medium-sized business, not just restaurants, sure, some could hang on. I mean, but, you know, you have to look at these outside. I mean, the outside works until it's freezing. The outside works until it rains. Uh, the outside works until the Department of Transportation says you can't have many seats. The outside works until the uh, police say you've got uh, social distancing problems. I've seen everything I've seen every you know, it is absolutely great, David, that the restaurants are, are still open on your side. We know that the restaurants are going to fail because if you have 25 percent inside or even 50, well, and you kept your costs the same, it was obvious that you're going to fail. So, Carl, I mean, I, I think we just have to like it's give up. It, that's OK. It's give up time. Lost a lot of money. Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, technically, no, uh, we are still waiting for some. Uh, readout of what Mnuchin and Pelosi may talk about when they speak again today. And for that, we'll turn to Elon Mui. Uh, Elon. Hi, Carl. Well, the House's new $2.2 trillion proposal is essentially a scaled-back version of the COVID relief package that they passed back in the spring. Their new bill covers a lot of the same ground, but for a shorter period of time. So on state and local funding, which you guys were talking about, Democrats are now offering $436 billion in aid for one year. That's down from uh, nearly a trillion dollars in aid over two years. But still, the White House says that its upper limit is only $150 billion in new money. Now, Democrats also added some new provisions to this bill as well, including $25 billion for the airlines with no furloughs through March 2021. And there's also designated funding in the PPP for the smallest businesses, nonprofits and hard hit companies. Now, some things that stayed the same, there's still $1,200 in direct checks and $600 in enhanced unemployment benefits through January. In a letter to her caucus, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, Democrats are making good on our promise to compromise with this updated bill, which is necessary to address the immediate health and economic crisis facing America's working families right now. Now, Pelosi and the Treasury Secretary did speak last night. We are waiting for them to talk again this morning. But guys, the window for action before the House leaves on recess at the end of this week, rapidly closing. Back over to you. All right. So, you know, it's Jim. Uh, what's the point? So many of the companies have already gone under. So who do you give the money to? Uh, the twelve hundred dollars. A lot of people viewed that that was just done uh, untargeted to rich and poor. So that probably won't fly. Uh, when you talk to the head of, of Airbnb, he'll tell you that business is up so huge because hotels just can't. Uh, you know, like my inn. I mean, you can't, there's no customers. So I mean, who are they giving the money to? I mean, at this point, they can only give it to the states. And Secretary Mnuchin so far has not shown a lot of give there. So is it possible that both sides think if we just keep pressing our position, we'll be able to argue to the voters that we tried and we tried and it fails? Because all this talking, it, it happened while small businesses went under. And everybody knows that. Did it matter to them? 
Jim, you know that there is a difference between policy and between politics. There's been a lot of pressure from some of Pelosi's uh, moderate members, some of the majority makers, the frontline freshmen who were responsible for helping to give the House, uh, give the Democrats control of the House back in 2018. They have been agitating for uh, the House to take a vote on something. Um, this is a way for them to say, hey, we did our best. We tried to put something on the table, and it's the Republicans who didn't agree. Of course, we do know that there are areas of agreement between both parties, uh, but we also know that Pelosi has decided that her strategy is to be comprehensive in this and ensure that there is something for everyone. She's worried that if you start taking this apart, the politics of it become even more difficult. Elon, uh, do we know how this is going to be received uh, at the White House or, or the Senate? You know, I can remember it's a number of weeks now since Chief of Staff Meadows joined us on air and uh, hit a very positive tone in his view at that point. And then, of course, nothing happened over these last few weeks. Um, any word at all? Well, I think that you guys are going to find out pretty soon here in the next hour or so when uh, you speak to Larry Kudlow. Uh, but I think that there was um, some positive signals from the administration around um, a compromise proposal that came from both um, some Democratic and Republican rank and file members of the House. Uh, so there was some sense that there could be room for negotiation. But that proposal, the House leadership, Democratic leadership, has already rejected it. So we're kind of back to the drawing board. Pelosi here is putting some uh, flesh on the bones of the overall top line number that she has been laying out for quite some time now. And we'll see whether or not it's enough to get uh, Mnuchin back to the negotiating table and to actually move the needle here. I think a lot is going to depend on the sort of tenor of the conversation that the two of them have this morning. All right, Elon, we'll uh, wait for some guidance on that uh, later on today. Elon Mui in Washington. Uh, Jim, uh, Kudlow spoke, and we're going to talk to him in the next hour, but he spoke a week ago today, uh, said that the U.S. has regained control of the virus and that the U.S. is in a self-sustaining, strong, V-shaped recovery. He has not built in a lot of urgency around this package. No, I mean, that's really the point. Uh, who's ever left is doing really well. I mean, if you base the economy on a Walmart, on a Costco, on a Home Depot, on a Lowe's, Wow. I mean, they're having spectacular numbers. I mean, these are big companies. If you just want to say that we've got great big companies and they're going to duke it out, well, I mean, it's good for the consumer, that, then that's a view. It's not the view from people who are small, medium-sized business. Uh, it's interesting. We should ask Larry. He has always said the small, medium-sized business is the backbone of this country. It's also easy to say that they're still doing well. It's just not empirically provable. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are being said in Washington that just make no sense whatsoever because it would have made sense two months ago. But there are periods where businesses go out of business because they don't have the cash flow. And we're about to hit the right. last tranche when it gets cold. And I don't understand. We have a V-shaped recovery if you're Walmart. Holy cow. But how about if you're some small guy? Well, you know, you don't, you don't have a V-shaped recovery because you don't have a pulse. Yep. Uh, David, uh, BDO's got some new retail bankruptcy uh, data out today. Um, 18, I think, in the first half, Chapter 11, which would put us on pace to get close to the 48 that we did a few years ago. Listen, there's no doubt, as Jim says, that there are a lot of traditional retailers that are under great pressure. We know that. And if they didn't have a viable digital channel and one that they could rely on and expand very rapidly, they're more or less done for. 
I think yeah. we know that too. And, uh, and again, you know, I come back to the Berman interview I did a few weeks ago because the numbers, the sales numbers are up dramatically year over year. And as Jim points out, it is going to fewer and fewer actual companies. Uh, and so you've got more money going to fewer companies. Hence, yeah, for them, it's a V. And for everybody else, it's just straight down, uh, Jim. And we would expect we'll see more bankruptcies. We don't trade. We don't trade coffee shops. No, we don't trade uh, guys. Uh, you know, little carts that uh, are scratching themselves to make money or uh, we don't trade luncheonettes. We don't trade places that are uh, dinners where you can only have 25 to 50 percent. We trade Dart and we trade Walmart. And I want to congratulate Washington. Because holy cow, have they given shareholders of Walmart and Costco and Home Depot and Lowe's and Target a gift. If that's what they wanted to do, they succeeded. If they were trying to do a bill that would help small and medium-sized business, they failed. Well, listen, Jim, the House did pass a $3 trillion bill in May. Yeah, but what happened? It sat there. Because it was viewed as too large. Well, you could have done a small, look, it was. Which is, you know, it was a big number, no doubt. Hey, listen. I'm a dollar sign represented by a man. We got huge V-shape for Walmart. So my advice to all the people who are desperate and bankrupt is go buy Walmart. How's that for idiot, idiot view of things? Well, don't right? forget Amazon, by the way. I haven't even heard you mention Amazon. And, well, Amazon's gonna, Amazon versus, you know, they're doing clothing now. At least the they're hiring the a lot of people. Vestige. Maybe they can hire all those people who've been put out of work at their other Oh, yeah, businesses. perfect. How, or they can all go work for Lennar. They, need, they good, uh, need a good nail on Hammer Man. They failed us. It's okay. Oh. What else is new? Well, we're, we're going to try to track uh, to what degree they, they put something together in the last minute, guys. Right. After the so. break, uh, we, we will talk more about what to expect out of the debate tonight, what's on the line for the markets as, as it pertains to tariffs and tax policy. And we'll talk to Larry Kudlow, uh, director of the National Economic Council, in the next hour. Futures in a tight range today. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. The battle rages on between Tiffany and its once would-be acquirer LVMH. The latest is uh, a countersuit from LVMH uh, that we received uh, yesterday. Uh, And this has become one of the battles for the ages um, and may still end, actually end up in court. We'll see whether they really get there in very early January in Delaware. Uh, The latest suit from LVMH, of course, countering the complaint that's already been received, saying that they're in breach of the merger agreement from Tiffany. makes a couple of arguments. Uh, One of the keys is simply that, hey, you know what? You did not carve out for a pandemic in the merger agreement. You did not say, hey, if there's a pandemic, it won't count towards creating a material adverse change, Uh, to which Tiffany is basically responding at this point, um, well, differently. Let me get to those claims in the countersuit. Material adverse effect, they say, has occurred. Tiffany breached the covenants. You see it there. And then we'll get to that letter from the French government as well uh, in a moment. As to this lack of a carve out in the pandemic, Tiffany's response is actually pretty straightforward, which is, forget that, we don't believe there's been a material adverse change in our business. 
And in fact, they seem ready to prove that by saying that their second half of 2020 is going to be better than their second half of 2019. Key here will be the very soon to begin fourth quarter, of course, by far the most important quarter for the company overall. And Tiffany uh, does seem quite confident in their ability to put up quite strong numbers for that fourth quarter. Uh, it would seem that they are going to have to in some ways. It certainly will help their case in court uh, when that does come, if in fact that does come. Now, let's not forget, of course, one of the strangest parts of all this was that letter from the foreign ministry in France that seemed to say, well, was it an order or not, but did say, hey, LVMH, you can't go forward with this deal, at least not until after January 6th because of our trade dispute with the United States. In their complaint, uh, paragraph 175, they talk about the translation of the word should. Yeah, they spent real time on this. Should is a translation of, and I'm not even going to try to say that word in French, used in the original letter in French, which is understood to have a polite mandatory meaning under French law, and they cite something from the French Supreme Administrative Court back in 1979, uh, and that's where they stand. Basically, LVMH continues to say, this is an order, this is binding, this is mandatory, despite the presence of the word should. By the way, Tiffany, for its part, would say, hey, we haven't even actually had possession of this letter. You were supposed to share it with us. You never did. You let our lawyers take a look at it in the office. They actually, like, were able to look at it. They weren't able to take a picture of it uh, with their phones or anything else. Um, and we go on from there. The question will continue to be, though, is it really have a binding effect? Tiffany, for its part, is employing a great deal of French legal scholars to say, not a chance. No way. This has no real bearing on this. This is not binding in any fashion, uh, and they will prove it, they say, if in fact they do get to court. Uh, finally, um, we've got this from Roger Farah, the company's chairman. Had LVMH actually believed the allegations made in its complaint, there would have been no need for LVMH to procure, notice that word, the letter from the French foreign minister as an excuse for its refusal to close. Still to come here, of course, well, we'll get some response from Tiffany to this latest complaint sometime in October. And then we move into more interesting territory, which is Will Bernard Arnault, one of the wealthiest men in the world, the man who, of course, is uh, LVMH's uh, uh, CEO. Uh, will he um, allow himself to be deposed on his way to actually getting on the stand in Delaware at some point? We'll see. Perhaps he will. Some believe that he doesn't want to go down that road. Uh, and then the question around, well, would they ever consider some sort of price cut to get this thing done? One thing I will tell you from the Tiffany camp is, you know what, timing-wise, they feel they have a better advantage of going to court, getting their judge to order specific performance and closing the deal than they do trying to renegotiate some deal at a discounted price of some kind because they would have to get a lot of new uh, SEC approval and things of that nature, which could have the effect of delaying any close until March. We'll see. They got approval from Taiwan, by the way, today, I'm told, and are still waiting for EU, which should be coming before the end of October. Jim, the key question remains... How's the business? And is it really impacted for the long term the way LVMH says? Because they're in malls and they're still relying on tourists coming to the U.S. to buy things. Well, look, it is difficult to tell uh, estimates from what's really going on here because the estimates are very positive, David. I mean, good. they've got really good projections for the fourth quarter, going to show low single-digit improvement uh, in earnings. That's not bad. Uh, they expect, uh, uh, that's the adjusted EPS, regular EPS, to show high single-digit improvement. Who doesn't want that business, David? Right. There's a dynamite business, right? 
I mean, and the analysts, guess what? They're, they agree with the company. I know. At the same time, LVMH would say, yeah, you're going to cut to the bone. You're going to impair the future performance of this business by trying to make these quarters or show up numbers, not on the sales line, but on the earnings line. Well, all I can tell you is, is that uh, there are a lot of retailers that are doing better than they were six months ago. And if Tiffany... Uh, I know that some people say that Tiffany is. Well, you mentioned a bunch of them earlier. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know those. I know. They're not that. I mean, Costco's jewelry is doing better than Tiffany's jewelry. But I do think that when you see those analyst reports, you have to say, wait a second. That's a good business. Yeah. And the analysts sometimes are accurate, David. Sometimes. 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 Right. All right. All right. Get ready for a mad dash, will you? Tomorrow, by the way, delivering alpha. It is back. I know you've been waiting all year. It's a 10th year, by the way. Double digits now. Big lineup. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, Carla Harris and Morgan Stanley. Uh, you can see there as well, Chamath Palahapatiya will join us. DeliveringAlpha.com. Learn more. Register. Squawk in the street. We'll be right back. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, with about two minutes to go before we get to an opening bell, let's squeeze in a mad dash. Estee Lauder. I want to preface this by saying that the president should hold his ears because Goldman Sachs went from a sell to a hold today. Now, uh, they're very honest. I mean, the stock is up 63% since they went to a sell compared to the S&P up 30%. So it was an obviously bad idea, and they admit that. Why was it a bad idea? They misjudged the Chinese consumer. Turns out the Chinese consumer is incredibly robust. They beat back the virus where they where it started, and they're uh, on fire. They're wearing, they're using a lot of makeup. It's it's been a fantastic thing for organic sales in China. Been incredible. It's almost as if the uh, virus never happened in China, David. And that's how back the Chinese are. And it's uh, they missed the estimates all because it looks like China beat it so viciously, David. They so tamped it down. Whether you call it the Chinese virus, I I prefer to call it COVID-19. But it looks like, David, China is back and they're wearing makeup and they're saving the Estee Lauder quarter. So you may not like that. I don't care. It's business is business. Spending in in China 
has been significant, right? Yeah. We saw that in Nike. Uh, The Chinese went through this uh, catastrophic thing that we're trying to deal with. And they came in on the other side as gigantic buyers of things that are American. It wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if Apple didn't have a better quarter. There's a Skyworks note today, which is 5G, makes a lot of stuff for Apple. It says that they could pre-announce. So the companies that you want, this is rather ironic, David. Yes. The international companies you wanted, you should buy the ones that do well in China because China's doing well for American companies. And nothing one would have anticipated no. going into this pandemic. Small and medium sized business always the opposite, up. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if 3M, I, I think that Mike Romans do a fantastic job in China. China's where you want to be. Now, I think this is ironic. Both parties say that China may not be your friend, but holy cow, is it saving American business, just like it's not supposed to. Irony today, David. There's the opening bell, guys. Sorry, Jim, what was that? There's just a lot of irony, Carl. I mean, a lot of things that we thought would be bad, uh, China uh, is is fantastic. Um, America, not so good. I do want to point out that Beyond Meat is good. They got to deal with Walmart, trying to get a little more from Ethan Brown. That is the millennial favorite. I had the meatballs. The meatballs were good. David, the meatballs were we, good for we, we Beyond used, Meat. We used something of theirs in lasagna recently. Yeah, wasn't isn't it bad. good? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't right. bad. You yeah. never know the difference. Um, Did you caramelize? You're supposed to caramelize I, the lasagna. I, I, I don't know. You didn't caramelize? Fun. I was not involved Carl. in the actual cooking. Carl, I just you saw know the to package. caramelize that stuff before you just eat it, right? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But they are, are going to triple a- the distribution <laughs> of the Beyond Burger uh, to 2,400 uh, Walmart locations beginning next week. But we've seen this before, Jim, where they get a, a big uh, deal and then we find out the specifics. I'm thinking McDonald's aren't what we thought they were. Well, we'll see if this is different. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Walmart is the biggest grocer. Uh, I do think that the one thing that continues to happen is, is that they keep changing and bringing out more product. Uh, and the other thing that they're trying to do is cut price so they're under Tyson. Uh, we haven't seen those results yet. We have to wait to see the numbers. Uh, but Ethan Brown has just decided he's on a mission. And there are not many people other than Elon Musk. And, uh, oh, yeah, Trevor Milton was on a, a mission, David. I don't know if you caught his most recent mi- 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 mission. Yeah, who? What? When? Uh, Trevor Milton from oh, yeah. Nicola. What about Nicola? Nicola? Yeah. New mission. Which is? I prefer not to say. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That's been a, it's been a, you know what? He's had a bad couple of weeks. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's been a tough little So period. have the Giants. But I don't see the Giants doing yes. this stuff. Uh, well, I think New York football has had a bad The Jets weeks. are having a bad couple. I don't see them doing this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's all bad. I don't know, um, Carl. I think that there's some bad teams out there, and, and this Nikola team seems uniquely bad. You are. Uh, you've been. Yeah. Uh, well, you, our congratulations, yeah. though, to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, on winning the Stanley Cup. Jim, right. more broadly, on the market yesterday, uh, 93% advancing. Uh, we got the Russell up three and actually reversing the, uh, the, the v- value part of the Russell outperforming growth in September, which was not the case in August. I mean, there's a lot of discussion here about whether, uh, you know, depending on the tape aside, whether or not this rotation is beginning to work because people are thinking if we do get a spike in cases, the lockdowns are not going to be the same. Yeah, I think that's right. And the therapeutics are, are there. Uh, of course, you know, we're just better at it. Uh, I want to point out that yesterday, the deal of the day, uh, WPX merging with with Devin, Mm. 
which was a very significant deal because everyone has been waiting. These stocks have all been just drawn and quartered. But uh, but Rick Moncrief, who I know, who used to be at Continental, he's going to be the CEO. David, how usual is that when they're the minority and he gets to be a CEO because everybody in the business knows nobody's like Rick? That doesn't happen too often. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, To your point, usually those kinds of social issues go the way of the acquirer, not uh, the company that is being acquired. I thought it was a very significant call because it ignited the energy group, which has been so horrendous. Uh, and it started, people start saying, you got to buy Parsi, you got to buy Pioneer. And you don't have to buy anybody. Uh, but, well, Jim, I mean, we were talking, you and I were talking about this on Friday. So energy, we were talking about Exxon, remember, and the dividend. Uh, so energy and financials in. yesterday are the strong, are, see some money come in. Why did is the, it the sustainable financials- or is it yet again sort of one of these brief periods where there seems to be uh, some hope? Well, I think the financials are going to report and they're going to have to say that they have a lot of non-performers. And I think that that is going to hurt them. Um, it's questionable. David, here's an interesting idea. Do you think the president will be part of the non-performers after reading the tax uh, article? He, he's got, according to the New York Times, he certainly does have some liabilities. Do you have to criticize his loans? Into the fut- uh, in the not-too-distant future, things that would right. take place during a second Trump term. Right. Um, are his loans being criticized? Do you think they'll not? I don't mean criticized like, hey, what a, you know, I mean, like criticized, downgraded internally by banks, given the what we see. Or are there other assets that the president's going to reveal that make it so the president's OK? I have no idea uh, if you are a lender to one of those where he's personally guaranteed it. Listen, it's not as though he hasn't been down this road before. You know it very well. Yes. He's declared bankruptcy in a lot of different cases. The casinos, the Plaza Hotel. Remember that one? But maybe he's got all these assets and it doesn't matter, Carl. I mean, maybe he's rich beyond belief. Uh, and it doesn't matter if he didn't pay tax. I mean, he avoided. Notice they didn't say evaded tax. They say he avoided tax. You know, in the Constitution, you're allowed to avoid. As a matter of fact, it's your duty if you want to pay fewer taxes you can, provided you don't evade. So I think that could come up in the debate. But I think it's important to recognize that the you, banks are you, going to will, be criticized. Will you hire me as a consultant well, I think and the, then write it off? Will you do that for me, Jim? Maybe. Why are you going in the housing business? My wife looked at a couple of houses yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I feel like a sucker, don't you? I mean, I pay. I don't even know what I pay. Yeah, I feel, I'm in a state. I'm in I a city suckerish. that is hated by the administration. They do everything right. they can to possibly crush us, and I'm still pay, I'm pay what, 55%? I work in New Jersey and New York, and the Jersey guys just put in a millionaire tax. Yeah. So I want to move to New York, but it's kind of hopeless. Yeah. Because I work everywhere. Somewhat difficult. Carl, um, it's a mess. But you did feel when you looked at the president that maybe one day you'd only have to pay $750. A wish list. Yes. Yep, I'm sure that's going to come up tonight, uh, Jim. I think so. It reminds me of Goldman's note today, uh, David Costin, saying that regardless of who wins the election, uh, just the fact that we got one under our belt should reduce risk premium. Uh, they also say, uh, David says, that the combination of Biden's proposals, higher taxes, but lower tariffs and more fiscal spending essentially leaves their baseline case unchanged in terms of the trajectory for S&P profits. David. What do you think of uh, I, I don't know, Jim. I leave that to you. You are the prognosticator here when it comes to the markets and who and what would benefit more under which well, presidency. Well, I mean, if you don't mind, uh, if Peter Navarro, got a lot of guys that have to hold their ears. Peter Navarro, if he's somehow uh, completely, if his work's eclipsed by what Biden wants, then we'll kind of be back to where uh, 
we can import a lot of stuff from China. I don't know what they're going to necessarily do. But there's a lot of tariffs that have raised the price of things uh, in the country uh, from Canada, much higher. So, I mean, my take is, is that Biden is a free trader uh, and that that is the opposite of what this administration is. They're not free traders and uh, they're fair traders. So, Carl, I think that uh, China gets a big break unless Biden comes out and says he wants to continue the arbitrary and capricious policy of slamming the Chinese through tweets. And I don't think that's his plan. David, the, the Vice President Biden. Yes. He doesn't tweet national policy, does he? No, he's not a big tweeter. No? Uh, no. No? He, he, no. Does he, will he keep the president of China waiting while he talks with Fox? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what, what, uh, what will happen under that. Well, did you read hoax? I will tell you it will be very different if, in fact, he becomes president. Then you don't think Sean Hannity is going to, not as important? Like, uh, like Brian Stelter's book, you know. I don't. You're going to be right. watching the debates tonight. Well, it starts Carl with a great anecdote yeah. that he's got the head of China on hold because he's got to speak to Sean Hannity. My prediction is that will not happen if Biden wins. I'm just saying that, and the fact that the Giants will most likely lose to the Rams are two of the most bold predictions I can make. Yeah, I think the question is. Uh, there, what, there's. Um, no. Go ahead, Carl. Sorry. Now, there's only a few chances left, as we said at the top, to change the, out, the outlines of the race and the next three debates and then the VP debate are, are among them. Interesting, Jim, uh, the Biden campaign is putting some more pressure on Facebook today to remove those posts by the president. Uh, they call the company the nation's foremost propagator of disinformation about the voting process. Rather than seeing progress, we've seen regression. I mean, you got to couple that with Moffitt, which I think takes... Their target both on Facebook and Google higher today on higher uh, digital ad estimates. Well, and the thing that's really helping Facebook is this uh, Facebook shops, Instagram shops. They're doing incredibly well. Talking about maybe a, a th- people are analysts talk about a 30 or 50 billion dollar choice. I think that Facebook's going to become the champion of, yes, small business. And people will eventually stop attacking them because small business is sacred in this country, except for when it comes to this bill that I've now given up on, David. I've given up on it. Why? Because it hasn't happened. Uh, yes, you made that very clear at the beginning of the show. Um, and one can certainly understand your frustration. Yeah. Uh, I, out of doubt. Given really not into laying off people. Just no, I know you're not. That. Uh, and Carried them for three months. Just doesn't seem right to lay them off. It is. I know some people have made the point, well, you should be blaming Governor Cuomo. But I think the question becomes, would people go regardless of whether they could? And how many people? And the aid is supposed to be there to help all of these restaurants across the country and these small businesses get through this period yeah. where there is going to be a lack of people, even if they were fully available for full capacity, lack of people actually want to go. Florida's full capacity. Yeah. Is that a good idea? Um, well, it depends if you're in favor of public health and fewer cases. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, guys, uh, something we follow here, as you well know and have for quite some time, is the um, SPAC craziness, I guess. Oh, Remember, I like to say everybody's, so got, a, you brought it everybody's up. got a SPAC in a dream. Two different, uh, two different things today. Let's start with a little news that, by the way, has been reported by others, certainly rumored for, I don't know, months. I heard this months ago, but it's official now, or at least it will be momentarily, which is HIMSS, 
frequent uh, advertiser, actually. I think we've even seen some advertising during the course of this show. Remember, that's a telemedicine company. It has hims and it also has hers. They moved into both sort of these uh, personal care products for both men and women. It's going to be Oak Tree, uh, which had been talked about in the past. Oak Tree, by the way, raised this money quite some time ago. It was July of, uh, of 2019. So uh, that they raised their money for that SPAC, about $260 million bucks or so back then. There's been reporting that it would likely be HIMSS. I checked in on it a few times months ago, said, well, they hadn't made up their mind. They have now. Also going to be a, a pipe that goes along with it. Remember, we get these private investments in public equity pipes. $135 million, I'm told, is the number there. So we'll watch that one. Going up now on our reporting that that, that deal is official or very, very, very soon will be uh, announced. Uh, and then you got one that was announced this morning, Jim. I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, App Harvest. It's another Ubin SPAC related. Uh, Novus Capital. Uh, and that stock is up 38%. Do you mind if it's on? Remember? Yeah, yeah. It's Novus Capital. Right. He was on with uh, Martha Stewart, Stewart this morning. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of App Harvest. Well, you have to take those um, up because it's given. You ever try of, to put the ever try to put a pin in a SPAC? A lot of tomatoes. A lot yeah. of tomatoes. I mean, people just people love, love their tomatoes and they love their SPACs. Yeah. Well, they love their SPACs because originally under the pricing, you get 20 percent of the company being the SPAC sponsor. Yeah. I mean, people say to me, it's free money. Now, those numbers have come down. There's a negotiation of fees that goes on. Uh, the better the SPAC does, perhaps the, the less you get percentage wise. But it's still, Carl, a very lucrative area and yet one that is continuing to uh, to prosper, at least for those managers who get a deal done. Yeah. Indeed. Guys, uh, light volume and a tepid tape today as we wait for the debate. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, guys. Sort of a choppy, indeterminate open. Remember yesterday, a lot of the stuff that's kind of lagged on the year, the banks and the energy stocks uh, all did a little bit better. Some of this may be end of the month gyrations, but it's not really happening today. Very tough to get a trend going overall. So you see the banks are weak today. They were big yesterday. Energy was big yesterday. Industrials were big yesterday. Not really doing much. So again, you just... We're, we need a little more momentum here. Healthcare, which is defensive. Utilities also doing a little bit better today. Uh, if you take a look, you know what's doing really well? Thematic ETFs. Investing in ideas. They just love investing in like batteries, lithium uh, batteries, uh, or robotics, or solar uh, uh, stocks or gaming stocks or 3D printing stocks. The ETFs for this, they're attracting money. They're up 20% this quarter. They love this idea of thematic investing. It's really hot idea. Of course, it's all around technology uh, overall. We're starting earnings season. Here's the good news. September's not been great for stocks. S&P's down 5%, but it's been fabulous for earnings commentary. So, so far, we've had 14 companies reporting for the third quarter. That includes McCormick today in IHS market. 13 of the 14 have beat expectations. Look at this. The average beat has been 27%. Huh? That's crazy. Normally, companies beat by 3 4 5%. This is way, way above that here. And that's a good sign for what we've seen. And they've raised the estimates. Fourth quarter numbers are going up for all of those companies that have reported. So Darden, FedEx, Lennar, 
Nike, AutoZone, put them up there and you'll all those numbers have been going up in the last few days as they've reported uh, in the last week or so. So a lot of this is driven, of course, by momentum and, and COVID. And it's true, but all of it's related. It's the three things we keep talking about over and over that are going to impact the earnings. And they're going up generally. So reopening, is it going well or not? That's number one. Number two is stimulus. Is there more or less? And is there a treatment or vaccine? Are there advances or not? This is impacting the earnings. And when we have problems with the reopening story, stocks go down because of concerns on earnings. So all of this is interconnected. There's not a lot of guidance still. That's what we need a little bit more. There's only 60-some companies that have provided guidance so far. Average, we have almost a quarter of the S&P provides guidance. They don't. Now, one company that did it today was McCormick. They had withdrawn guidance. They have now provided it uh, for the overall year, and it's down a little bit. It's a little bit below expectations, so that stock's been trading down, but it's been a very good performer uh, overall. And by the way, they're doing a two-for-one stock split. Interested to see how the sales are doing for them overall here. At home, up 15%. Carl, look at that. Restaurants still down 1%. There's a microcosm of what's going on in the U.S. economy right now. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you a little bit later. We're getting, I think, six Fed speakers today. And we got some German inflation numbers. A good day to get Rick Santelli back. Hey, Rick. Yes, indeed, Carl. And I'm sure those six Fed speakers will make everything just so perfectly crystal clear for all the rest of us with regard to how we're supposed to invest our dollars one thing we do know for sure, most Fed members think more needs to be done. But this more that needs to be done, of course, is aimed towards Congress. We will have to take a wait-and-see approach. One thing we don't have to wait for is a record size trade deficit, at least on the advance reading for August, at minus 82.9. This is fascinating because if you look at imports and exports, they're both up. As a matter of fact, imports were up 3.1% to $201 billion. Okay, 201 billion versus the all-time high pre-corona, which was 238 billion. But exports were up too. They were up 2.8% to 118 billion. Their all-time high from May of 2018 is 142 billion. The point here is, is that it's our consumption. It's our demand pulling in from other economies that are ramping up exports, though they may not have the same type of consumption numbers. You want to really pay attention to this. One week chart of 10-year note yields, you see they're drifting lower. Well, at 50 basis points, that's the all-time low. We're at 64 now, down a couple. Dollar index, where all the action is of late. Here's a one-week chart. It peaked, and then now it's now back down below 94 after reaching close to 95. Here today, chart shows us the issue. At 96.40, we're close. We're only down a couple percent. But it went all the way up to almost 103 in March. That's what we really sense is how much it's fallen from the March highs. Carl Jim David, back to you. We'll see you in a bit. Rick Santelli. Uh, stocks largely unchanged this morning. Still to come, the future for tech and the cloud. Do not miss our exclusive with VMware CEO Patrick Gelsinger as the company kicks off VMworld today. We'll be right back. Amazon is allowing you to pay for grocery items with the wave of your hand. The company's announcing it's unveiling its Amazon One palm scanning payment technology at two of its Go convenience stores in Seattle. The service connects your palm print to a credit card. Amazon says it hopes to expand the technology to other stores, sports stadiums, and offices. Jim, we got uh, some new jobs announced by them in Canada yesterday. Got some dates on Prime Day. It's been a busy news week for the company. Who can possibly compete with them? I mean, honestly, what supermarket? Can Kroger? I mean, Kroger had a good quarter, but it really doesn't. What wave of hand? I want to go there. 
I mean, I've been to the Amazon stores in San Francisco. They're incredible. But this is just one more technological advance that puts them well ahead of all the other brick and mortars, uh, except for Walmart, perhaps, and Target. So uh, thank you, stimulus. You're too late. Amazon's won. David, <laughs> Amazon is won. Game, set, match. How, much, how many packages did you get from Amazon this weekend? Uh, Tell me. Uh, there was a couple. Yeah, there right? A couple. Yeah. How about you, Carl? How many from Amazon this weekend? Yeah, there's been a few. I got four. Very good. I wish they put them all in one box, but that's okay. It's good for the liner board company. Did you get any from anywhere else, though? Maybe from Walmart or Target or, I don't know, no, Costco to get those heat lamps? Ain't you ever heard of Prime? Yeah, I've heard of Prime. Oh, I got some heat lamps. I got them from uh, Costco. Uh, guys, we're going to talk about, obviously, the macro effects of that story and a lot more with Larry Kudlow in the next hour. Stimulus talks, COVID, the economy, the debate. Don't miss that. Don't go anywhere. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Got a battleground, Carl. Uh, Micron reports tonight. Uh, Micron's two components. They've got DRAMs and they also have drives. Western Digital uh, has drives and Western Digital's going up. Uh, people talking about Western Digital splitting off. Will Micron merge their, uh, their drive business? We don't know. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of people shorting Micron, betting on a failure tonight. People have been saying the last uh, reference was a sell. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tech, and tech's been winning. Yeah, in your absence yesterday, Jim, we talked briefly about uh, City's negative catalyst call ahead of the print tonight, but yeah. you're not buying it? Uh, look, the stock can trade down to 47, then you buy it. They got a big, big buyback. Uh, and look, if there's a lot of stuff coming in the fall that needs DRAM. Uh, and in the and in the winter, so it may be short term down, but I think that long term you got to own Micron. You have to. Hmm. All right. What about Mad Money tonight? Okay. Well, I have McCormick. I'm wearing the tie. It's certainly not helping the stock one bit. Uh, Polaris, Scott Wine. It looks like you know people want to uh, travel the great outdoors. Same thing with Bob Martin. That's a uh, that's uh, RVs. Uh, having. Uh, Seeing the numbers, I can't believe the stocks aren't higher. I think that they're all buys. There you go. Not McCormick. i got to learn more about. But uh, I happen to read that, that Bob Martin presentation about Thor. They are the highest number of sales, lowest inventory. And how much fun is it to have an RV as long as I'm not driving? My wife's right. a great or driver. Or a snowmobile. <laughs> yep. And a snowmobile. As we go into the so, winter. So you guys are going to leave me on the tent, uh, huh? Jim? You just go without me. Okay. <laughs> You're free to stick around if you want. You, you know that. Uh, if you want to, great. Otherwise, we'll see you at 6, Mad Money, obviously 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.